0: Discover more resources and continue the conversation at Apologetics.org. And now, your host, the Research Professor of Bible and Theology at Trinity College of Florida, author and speaker, Dr. Tom Woodward. Welcome to The Universe Next
1: Door. We hope you are having a great week or weekend. Uh, and We have some great stuff to talk about, but first, I know, Dr. Woodward, uh, we have some very exciting news coming up uh, this, this upcoming Thursday.
2: Ultra exciting. Oh, Nick, I'm I'm so excited. I'm like a, a helium balloon that wants to shoot out in the air <laughs> to, to rejoice and congratulate uh, the ones that work so hard. Christian Ketsia, who's a director of uh, communications and, and uh, Internet, you know, all the IT stuff goes into his camp. And he has just hit the ball out of the ballpark and, and planning for what's going to be an amazing virtual banquet. We call it the Vision Twenty Twenty One because God has given us a fantastic vision for this coming year and it's being expressed through reports from Dave Engelhart, you know, in Illuminate the Bay, Jenny Zemitas, our seven by seven ministry for youth, engaging them in apologetics and Bible truth and life change. And then really exciting is Sean McDowell. I've actually had a sneak peek of what he's going to be saying. In his keynote address, I mean, Nick, is this not awesome to have the Sean McDowell, Josh's son, who's just taken the baton? Isn't that amazing?
1: Oh, I think if if we had any more speakers or musicians, I'd faint.
2: (laughs) Well, hold on, don't (laughs) forget that we have Steve Meyer, the head of the Intelligent Design movement. He's going to be be giving an, an update on his book, *The Return of the God Hypothesis*, which, by the way, I just found out this morning is garnering stellar reviews from some of the top scientists in the United States, even those who are not in the intelligent design camp. It's amazing what God's doing with that. Michael Behe is, is paying a visit. Can you believe that? The head of the uh kind of the biological, you know, molecular machine wing of intelligent design. He is coming in for now about three or four minutes. And so we're we're excited to have just a series of great blessings and of course, tech, perhaps capping it all as far as entertainment. And blessing of music is the Gettys, Keith and Kristen Getty, the the ones that made you know in Christ Alone. the probably the great hymn of our era, and so they're just just on fire. So I'm uh, to to put it mildly, I'm ultra excited. So thank you for letting me kind of do a commercial for that.
1: <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome.
2: And they can uh, anybody who, who wants to just link in is it's easy to do. You can just go to Facebook com forward slash uh, C.S. Lewis society. Or you can, uh, if you have any issue at any point or need any bit of information on this virtual banquet, February 18th, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, you can just go right on over to apologetics.org and click on that gigantic banquet button. We made it easy to see at the top of the homepage. And so uh, it's a real privilege to be able to invite one and all we'd love to see a thousand even 10,000 people come in on February 18th Thursday evening and just experience this explosion of of good reports and and great challenge from Sean McDowell.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, uh I am ready to um rock and roll with some of the news from space and from a mysterious visitor uh, named Oumuamua, but I think we have an unusual moment before we bring in this Hawaiian princess. Uh, actually, she's not a Hawaiian princess. This uh, astronomical visitor is, a, is an asteroid. They don't even know what to quite call it. It's a half a mile long and shaped like a cigar, and one astronomer in the uh, faculty at Harvard University, Avi Loeb, L-O-E-B is his last name, you going to Google it. But anyway, Avi Loeb has made an argument that this object is intelligently designed. He has a, a fairly rigorous step-by-step uh, approach to this. So I'm going to tell the story of how in late 2017, early 2018, this visitor zipped through our solar system. Some people said, could it be a spaceship, you know, Enterprise 3? Uh, but but actually, there's some very interesting things that, that are coming out right now about some of these arguments that are made on behalf of intelligent design by uh, this argument, and I got some, some exciting uh, breakthroughs that we're, we're seeing happening right now. But let's uh, shift into our musical mode uh, as we've enjoyed each week a visit from the Gettys, and here we have a Thanksgiving song that is packed with great theology. Okay, back over to you because you're going to introduce the song, right, Nick?:
1: Absolutely. Let's take a moment to listen to this beautiful song by the Gettys, My Heart is Filled with Thankfulness.
3: of my disgrace and gave me life again Who crushed my curse of sinfulness and clothed me in His light and wrote His law of righteousness with power upon my heart Filled with thankfulness to Him who walks beside Who floods my weaknesses with strength And pauses fears to fly Whose every promise is enough For every step I take sustaining me with arms of love and crowning me with grace. My heart is filled with My perfect peace Whose every thought is love
2: Blessing it was to let those words just kind of flow over us like a like a wave of God's goodness. I mean, to me, Nick, I think when I hear the Gettys sing, it's like an angelic choir from heaven because they have um, the beauty of their creativity combined with the awesome power of God's word and, and just weighty, powerful, meaty theology. And I just love the way that the Gettys can combine truth with art, with beautiful creativity in, in their art. And so I think that, that the the soul can just shout hallelujah when they hear how the heart is just uh, overflowing with thankfulness. And speaking of overflowing with thankfulness, I'm, I'm thankful again that we have the opportunity to visit uh, each week with all of our listeners. The Universe Next Door program is dedicated to bringing in evidence and reasons for the christian faith in its competition in its uh, nose-to-nose as it were um, evaluation by the by the watching world uh, alongside uh, islam alongside you know uh, materialism and atheism alongside the eastern religions hinduism and buddhism and we believe that god has spoken he has created the universe for his glory and when adam uh, and he fell pulling all of mankind down with that event in kind of the downward spiral toward um, judgment, sin, and and horror and judgment, Christ stepped in and literally took the judgment upon himself so that we might be redeemed, that we might be forgiven, that we might be made members of his forever family. So that uh, Universe Next Door program purpose that we kind of remind ourselves each week is to present the truth of Christ and of the Christian faith in a way that is clear, it's winsome, and it's compelling. And there's one thing that has come out to me in recent studies of the universe, and that is that the evidence for design is becoming more and more overwhelming. As Sean McDowell has described it in his talk that he's going to give, and I've had a sneak preview of the talk, it's amazing, but the talk that he's going to give This next Thursday night, February 18th, uh, through our virtual banquet uh, is going to be called a tsunami of evidence for the Christian faith. And he's going to be explaining how at the very moment our young people are almost drowning in this vicious vitriol of of materialism and, and naturalism that says there's no purpose. You weren't created for any goal or purpose. You know, we were just the results of the throw of dice and chemicals in the past or something like that. So I think that it's really interesting that right now the discussion is taking place at the highest levels in the academic world about the source and possibly even the intelligent design source of an object called Oumuamua. Now if you want to look that up you can easily do that by just going to any search engine and typing in the full name. It's just one word. O is pronounced O, but it's spelled O-U, and then it's followed by uh, M-U-A, just like it sounds, Mua, and then another Mua. So O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. MUA is a, the name given by some scientists in the um, ex- observatory, Pan-STARS is the name of it. It's on a kind of a mountaintop in Hawaii, and that observatory has the ability to scan the solar system for objects, mainly meteors or comets. That might be traveling in and maybe heading near the Earth, so as to alert us as to any possible um, extremely, you know, big or dangerous object that could threaten uh, the well-being of people on Earth. So this Pan Starrs uh, brought the um, the alert to the scientists of the world on October 22nd, 2017. So this just a bit over three years ago, and. I remember reading about it in the science news and thinking, that's weird looking. They didn't actually capture it on film, but they, from their radar scan and from other visual and and infrared scans, they were able to see that it was a long, like a cigar-shaped object. And it was about, oh, a half a mile long, okay, so we're talking about an object that would fill a good chunk of Manhattan Island in New York City, if you laid it out. And the the object itself... Uh, was was heading into the solar system so fast it came in from an angle uh, from another star system, uh, seemingly heading from the uh, direction of Lyra's star system. and then it was as it came in it hit it didn't hit, but it came in at a very high angle but it actually was grabbed by the sun's grip of gravitation and then pulled out and then sent away from the solar system in a different direction. And it actually went between Mercury and the Sun. So the orbit of Oumuamua as it came zipping through the solar system quite fast was different from any uh, meteor or any object that had ever been seen because this object clearly was from outside the solar system. So you might say Oumuamua, again, the Hawaiian word means a scout or messenger from a distant past or a distant place. I've read different definitions. I'll yield to the philologists of Hawaiian language to tell me which is the closest. That the scout from the distant realms is, is um, proposed now by Avi Loeb. Avi Loeb teaches physics at Harvard University, and he's argued, even though he doesn't believe in, as far as I know, intelligent design at all, he is proposing that this object, namely the meteor Oumuamua, has some kind of intelligent source. In other words, it may be uh, hewed out from a a naturalized, you know, natural origin rock, a huge, uh, larger rock at some point, but the shape it takes now is too finely tuned. It's too specified to have a natural origin. Now, what I find interesting about this is that this, this is congruent with, it's very similar to the argument made by Bill Dembski. And I think, Nick, you would agree that, you know, Bill Dembski is like one of the Einsteins of intelligent design. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so so we're talking about one of the, the brilliant top pioneers of how you would detect if something had an intelligent origin. And you use two qualities that have to both be present, low probability, You have to calculate the probability if you can attack that in a very clear, logical, mathematical, and empirical way. You have to compute the probability of an object. And then secondly, it's not just low probability, it's high specificity. That is, you're seeing an arrangement of parts, a purposeful arrangement of parts for a function or to communicate a message according to a code. And that's what we see in DNA. That's what we see in molecular machines. That's what we observe in the ribosome, the most amazing machine that is in every one of our cells. And even bacterial cells use a ribosome. And one scientist even said, George Church of Harvard University, himself a geneticist, said if he were an intelligent design advocate, he would point to the ribosome. So objects that are, as it were, like you know, miniature satellites, if you want to call them bad. That are passing into or through our body, doing their jobs. They're clearly intelligent, intelligently designed, because of the overwhelming, like over-the-top specificity of their molecular arrangement. It has to be just so, just right, and 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 we're talking about tens of thousands, if not millions, of atoms and molecules, and then it has a low probability of coming around, coming about from any random process, any what we call stochastic. I like that word, stochastic just is another more fancy technical word for random. So no random or stochastic process can produce this object that is in our body and its high molecular uh, specificity to do its job. As Michael Behe himself has said, many of of the machines in our bodies require 200 or more parts. I mean, go figure, if any one of those parts is missing, the, the machine conks out. It will not function at all. So, how could you ever evolve such a multi part machine in the first place when you don't even get function until the last, uh, let's say, 200th part is in place? There's no guidance, there's no intelligence, there's no purposeful origin behind it if you're an atheist. But for a Christian, a theist, you can say, wow. This is just the kind of thing that we would predict. This is just the sort of phenomenon we would expect. if the creator wanted to leave his imprint, his fingerprint or his signature embedded in the matrix of our own cells. Well, you now jump from the cell to our solar system and the object, the Oumuamua object, which was recorded, I think it was in October 22nd, as I said, that it was spotted, but it was about four months later early 2018 when it finally exited the solar system and it was too faint to be detected anymore. There's actually a very good TED talk, Um, it's about 15 minutes long, I recommend it highly, and a couple of other very fine, uh, excellent talks, Um, one of them by the Goddard Space Institute. And so if you wanna check out the, the, the details of the scientific background of this remarkable asteroid um, the Oumuamua, and asteroid is really not technically the correct word because it's not part of the of the belt of asteroids between you know Mars and Jupiter. So we would call this properly a, a a meteor uh, or a comet like because it actually was outgassing some kind of um, substance we don 't know exactly what it was, so it was a bit like a, a comet and then it was a, a bit of acceleration coming from a jetting out or outgassing from the object itself. I guess people who are fans of um, science, fishing, science fiction could say that was the, the back-end uh, propellant, you know, the, the rockets that were firing it. Right, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you and I are in that category, but I can see a conspiracy theorist saying, oh, yeah, they, they say it was just outgassing from a pocket of gas. It was probably their rocket.
1: Yeah, so, alien craft or something. Ex- exactly, some kind of uh, alien, you know,
2: interstellar craft. So I, I'm I'm interested to see, uh, for just pause a moment, what do you think about this? Uh, the arguments of design do they have, do they have credibility when they combine the the uh, low probability with high specificity, and then now we see them applied by Avi Loeb of Harvard again, not a Christian, not a committed uh, design theorist. But he's using something of the same design arguments. I mean, to me, Nick, I think that's rather fascinating. No, you, I think would, so, too. You um, your take on it.
1: Mm-hmm. I, think, I agree. It's not only encouraging in the scientific community, but it's really sort of the same thing William Paley um, had discovered with the watchmaker argument. It's not just an analogy. It's, it's looking at something and saying intelligent design is the best explanation for this uh, clause, and it's, it's the best way to explain it.
2: Wow. Well, I think, you know, that's you hit the nail on the head. Paley did get it right, and that's, what, about 200 years ago he penned the, um, the arguments, the watchmaker argument. And for those who may not have heard that much about this argument, he, he says if you're walking through a meadow in England, uh, he was a, a British a Christian author uh, dealing in the area of apologetics, he said if you see a, a randomly shaped rock on the ground, on, on, the, on the heath, you can pick it up, inspect it, toss it to one side as the object produced by nature, but then you go a few more feet and you see a pocket watch and you pick it up out of the grass, it's gloriously ornate and complex with uh, visible behind the, the face of the watch with the hour and the minute hand, you can actually see dimly in the interior the cogs and the wheels that make it uh, work so with such precision. And it's a beautiful, beautifully crafted piece of work by some watchmaker. And you don't know who the exact identity of the watchmaker is. There's maybe not any signature or there are no signatures of multiple um, artisans that worked on the watch. But you can infer, correctly infer, an intelligence, a causation that was highly intelligent that produced that watch. And I think it was very important. Uh, positive step for Michael Behe when he wrote his book *Darwin's Black Box*, that just came out a little bit over 20 years ago, 24 years ago to be exact. And when Michael Behe released that book, he said we see the revenge or the, the kind of the boomerang comeback of Paley, the Paley who was laughed at by by the people that you know were cheering on Darwin. Uh, are explaining you know to us now those those people who uh, have have pointed out the return of Paley have said Paley actually wins the argument. So the one that was tossed out as as a laughing stock uh, has has a prize in his hand. The truth the truth has come true, uh, has been shown as true in, in front of the watching world. But of course, all of this is to give a framework as Paul does in Acts 17 to point out that the the real Plot, the real plan of God is to not just create the universe, but is to rescue it from its self-destruction path, and that's where Christ comes in, and we would love to share with anyone the, the glorious details about the truth that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised again, and he was seen by an abundant um, core of eyewitnesses whose uh, detailed reports are with us yet today right there in the New Testament. Check us out at apologetics.org and Nick
1: back over to you amen the same this same intelligent designer designed us to glorify him to know him forever and we pray that if you make this decision if you have any questions uh, about your salvation email us at information at apologetics.org and we'll see you back here next week on the universe next Door.